welcome to a special edition of the Richmond Big Footy Tigercast. My name's Michaels, and I've got a very special guest joining me tonight. He was drafted at pick 18 in the 1990 mid-season draft, played 144 games and kicked 33 goals. Scott Turner, welcome to you. Good evening. How are you? Very good. Yourself? Good, thanks, mate. That's the way. All right, we'll start back from your younger days when you were drafted. Um, so as I mentioned, pick 18 in the 1990 mid-season draft. Did you have much contact from any other clubs prior to the draft, and did you know that Richmond were going to be taking you? No, not really. Obviously, I was um, delisted off Melbourne's list in 89, so I was back here playing with Arat, um, coming off a back injury. So I hadn't played much footy sort of in the 90s, um, 89 to 90s, and then I... I kind of really remember Richard. I remember Richmond watching me during a game, and obviously Cameron Swab was at Melbourne when he when I was there, and then he came across to Richmond. So Swabby obviously knew a bit about me, um, and then come mid 1990, they decided to draft me. Yeah. Oh, it's a good result. So sometimes it's the old not what you know, but who you know in that kind of instance. Yeah. Your first day at the club, what was that like? Do you still recall much of what happened on your first day at the Tigers? No, not really, mate. 1990s. Like, I played, I trained a few times with Richmond during the 90s, there after I got drafted. Played a couple of reserves games when I still continue to play back here at, at Arat. So, just obviously going into Punt Road back in those days, the old gym and sauna and spa and possum shit everywhere. So, compared to these days where it's five star, five club, club um, a lot different. Um, but when, we, when I sort of went there, it was more. A lot of the guys were from the country, so they made made sure you're welcome there and everything. So and I fit in well, so it was always good. And the club gave you number 41 when you walked in the door, and you wore that number your whole career, making it iconic. Was there any ever thought of changing number, or did 41 have a special meaning for you as it was? No, not really. Like obviously, as a young bloke, you, you want to try and get a low number, but they threw me 41, and I was happy to keep it. Like there was a joke. So probably as these days, there's a joke throughout the numbers there. Your, number, your low numbers, your 1 to 15s are like your two-rack areas and your, your higher numbers are called your broad meadows areas. So there's a bit of a joke back in those days and I suppose there is now, but no, I was happy to carry 41 throughout my career and I still um, wear it now and so does my son. Oh, that's excellent. Um, so you made your debut for the Tigers in round one of 91 against St Kilda at Waverley. What was that feeling like running out into the ground for the first time as a Tiger? Yeah, pretty exciting. Um, yeah, it's like I was... I was a 20-year-old, 20 21, going on 21, um, so becoming a bit more mature, I suppose. But up against um, St Kilda out at Waverley, um, I think it was either going to be Stewie Lowe or Tony Lockett. And I think Tony Lockett pulled out of the game due to illness, which was uh, thankful for me. Um, but even playing on Stewie Lowe, like they, they called him Buckets, he's probably 20, 30 kilo heavier than me. And it's just a, a hard game and obviously a, a great experience to play in my first game and continue on. And continue on you did, because in that first year at the club, you ended up uh, winning the best first-year player award. So that must have been a pretty good highlight for you as a first-year player at the club. Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, we had a fair few young guys come through that year and with KB as coach, so we and we didn't win, win many games. So it was a, um, a pretty tough year for us, um, but yeah, enjoyable and exciting to win that best first-year award. Um, and yeah, continue on for the next few years. And you spent majority of your career as a brilliant fullback for us, but you were also used as a swingman up forward. Uh, I think you kicked 33, goal, 33 career goals. What position did you play in juniors, and where did you feel most confident playing in? Yeah, I was always a forward, so I didn't really play much back line until, until Richmond, I suppose. Um, 
90s, early 90s, I played. I was like a, the old utility, I suppose. Almost like a pioneer of the swingman, one of the first yeah, ones. Yeah, playing anywhere and just sort of finding my spot, I suppose. But after a while, yeah, they, they found a spot, played full back or centre back sort of ran with, um, you'd say, Bullos or a Gasper, just picking out the taller taller forwards. And she was she was hard, a hard gig, but enjoyable at the, at the same time. Did it take much adjusting, um, obviously going against your natural sort of thought process being a Ford as a junior, how hard was it to adjust oh, to very, life as a backman? Very hard. Like you're playing on your Ablets and Dunstalls and Lockets and Lows and Careys and Longmires, so the list goes on. I still get reminded of all the all the full Fords and through the 90s, but it was a great experience. Um, and like it's, it's hard to rate who was good or who was who was your worst, but because they're always good. Um, but it all depended on our, on our mids back in those years. It was the amount of pressure that the mids put on was always easier for my job down to full back. Yeah, absolutely. So you kicked a career high five goals against North Melbourne in round seventeen ninety two. When you had days out like that, did, did you sort of just say to the coach, "Come on, chuck us back down forward"? You know it's working. Yeah, no, for I us. wish, I wish, Matt. I, I remember the game because I played, it was against a guy who married a um, an Arak girl. So it was Richard Dennis. He knew he was at. Um, He'd gone from Carlton across to North Melbourne, so I catch up with Richard every now and then, or his wife, and we sort of count back those days when I did kick a few goals. But as a, as, a, as a forward or as a backman go forward, it was always good, enjoyable to kick goals. Um, but I just tried, I played my best wherever I could, and wherever it suited the team. Uh, the one of your, I suppose the most famous games for you and, and the club as a whole was the 1995 semi-final against Essendon. We're trailing by five goals at half-time, and the coach at the time, John Norley, throws you up forward just to try and mix it up a bit. You cleaned up Gary O'Donnell with an absolute ripper hip and shoulder and kicked two inspiring goals. What on earth did John Norley say to you at half-time to spark that kind of performance? Yeah, no, I, we can't really focus on one thing. We just He just looked us in the eye and, and just gave us a good rev up. Like We were playing in front of 90,000 people just about, and those days don't come around very often. It was a beautiful day at the MCG. Um, and they, I think he just got the most ahead of us after half-time and he tossed the coin. I think it was Tony Free who said, throw Scotty Turner down the forward line. So he did and on my way down there, I just yeah, um, come across Gary O'Donnell and in the end I ended up kicking a couple of goals. Yeah, the one you just sharked out of the boundary line throwing was pretty pretty sharp. It was. I remember after watching that a few times, I, I remember being at the uh, well, Hawthorne Geelong Grand Final many years before that and seeing Gary Albert do something like that. So I pulled that one out of my bum. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, and you mentioned the list of full forwards you obviously played on during your career, but you managed to keep Dunstall goalless in round 18, 1995. That's something that very, very few players were able to achieve. Would that ha- would that be your biggest skull from a defensive perspective? Yeah, I suppose. Like, as I said before, there's a bit of a revenge. I know that the day out at Waverley where he kicked 17 against us, and I still get reminded very much of that one. Um, and I, I do say to my friends or colleagues, whoever uh, questioning me about me, it was about seven, eight, seven or eight on me that day. So it was, wasn't all on me. But to come, I, knew, I think I'd come back that week. It was a Friday night against Hawthorne, and I'd come back off uh, a three-week suspension. So I'd got rid of the mullet, come back with short air, looked a different person, and played a lot better game that night. But as I said, I'd come back to our, our mids, our midfielders, and, and even our forwards that night, putting pressure on the ball coming towards Dunstall and co, um, which sort of helped my effort, I suppose. Yeah, well, it's one that most of us will never forget, being able to keep him goalless. A very special effort. Yeah. Uh, reoccurring knee problems, unfortunately, forced you into an early retirement. How long did it take you to fully recover from all the knee issues, if, if at all? 
Yeah, overall, I had probably, I think I entered in 95 and I got through 95 finals there with a few jabs in it to get me through. All up since 95, until now, even now, it's, it's, I've had six operations on it. Um, moving to the bush, obviously, I didn't, well, I ended up retiring because of the knee. I just couldn't get through training or couldn't train as much as I had to to get a game. So that's why I ended up retiring in um, 2000. So, at the moment, it's not too bad. Obviously, I don't do as much on it. Um, moved to Warrnambool there in 2001, where I could I was obviously coach, um, but also the recovery down at the beach was also helpful. But also not not having to train all the time, only like once or twice a week at Warrnambool and playing where I wanted to play. And speaking of the Warrnambool coaching, so I think you went back to back premierships, didn't you, in 2000, 2001? Yeah, so 01 and 02 it was. So. Oh, 01 and 02, okay. Yeah, which was good. So enjoyable times down there. Made some great friends and we always catch up for a beer with, with our reunions and so. So it's always good. Um, never, thought, never sort of thought about coaching till I retired in 2000. Um, helped out with Darren Crocker in the reserves back then. And yeah, and then I sort of turned to coaching and it wasn't long after I retired that one of them approached me to come down and coach and it didn't take much convincing, convincing to move down to one of them and start life back in the bush again. And are you still involved in any kind of level of coaching at all? No, I've been back in ARAT now up to 10 years, nearly 10 years now. Um, coached ARAT a few years and just with the young blokes coming through, I just try and help out on and off the track and stay involved that, that way. And I join in training every now and then. Oh, that must be a thrill for them to have you running around with them. Yeah, even, like, even mates now that are my age who have got young boys coming through that we have a, um, a Turner Pickering game up this way every, every year, which we sort of play against Stall and the Arrack Juniors. So I coach those kids and it's, it's enjoyable to coach the kids that you saw, or the, the, the kids or the fathers who you're mates with and seeing them come through the junior ranks. Do you still get that bit of white line fever in those kind of games? Uh, the, we do when they're in the rivalry of Arrack and Stall. You sort of remind the kids of this is where the, the hatred comes, but you don't try and, you don't try and get it into their heads too much. And life after football, what kind of business ventures uh, did you get into? Yeah, we, we, when we moved to Warrnambool, we, we uh, had a noodle box franchise down there for a few years. Um, so that was plenty of um, Asian food most of the week. And since moving back to um, Ararat, my wife and I, we've, um, we own, currently own a childcare centre here in Ararat. So oh, okay, nice. My wife keeps herself busy doing that while I'm working at the local prison in the activities role. Oh, okay. Oh, it's um, an interesting mix. Um, I mean, my wife does childcare as well, and it can be pretty full on, so no doubt that, that will keep you busy. Yes, it sure does. Uh, last year, you were welcomed back onto the MCG as a Richmond homecoming hero and received a pretty loud and warm reception from the Tiger faithful. How does that make you feel, seeing and hearing that kind of appreciation for what you did at our club some 18 years after retirement? Yeah, great appreciation by, by the club and, and by the supporters. I, I love going back there on a game day, which I haven't done as yet this year, as, as um, life keeps you busy enough. But just yeah, just the supporters and the the appreciation you get um, is just yeah, so well deserved, or not deserved, but appreciated by myself in how they they thank you and congratulate you on your on your career at the Tigers. And it's always good to catch catch up with the guys behind the goals for a beer or two. Yeah, I think they uh, they still sing the chant to you. When you pop- yeah, they, they do. It's a bit embarrassing, but oh, yeah, that's all part of part and front of the game, I suppose, and you, you still enjoy hearing them after a game. Yeah, absolutely. And the current crop of Tigers playing so far, they're, they're playing pretty good footy at the moment. What are your thoughts on our season so far? Yeah, it's, it's been... Well, it's, I'm a, probably a, I'm a one-eyed supporter, I suppose, and 
She's frustrating. Um, obviously, haven't won finals for a while, and just the the feedback you hear from different supporters. But they're playing a much better style of footy, I suppose, moving it quick. But I think we're just we're just lacking, lacking that. Or as a lot of people are saying and, and know that we we're lacking that big tall forward now to help out with Jack. And we've got the little crummers there doing their jobs, but we just miss that big centre forward, a big forward there to to clunk some marks, like a, whether it's a Lynch like from Suns or a. McGovern or a Darling from um, West Coast, one of those type of guys would be handing our forward line and we'd, be, we'd go further into the season. Absolutely. And the small forwards we have now, do you think they're some of the most exciting ones we've had for quite some time? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, in my days, it was like a Nace or a Daffy, but these guys, they're just so they're so quick and their, their ability to read the ball and whether it's a handball off or a snapshot of goal, it's, they're good to watch. And I see some changes in for tonight's or for this weekend's game. It's if Bolton come back in, he's, he'll be a live wire for us. So they've just got to pick the right one and hopefully they turn on for, turn on for the day. Absolutely. And I know you touched on it before, but we'll just ask you this one last one. Putting your coaching hat on, if you did have the ability to bring in any player from the league to make us a better side, who would it be and why? Um, our back line's doing a great job. Um, Rance and Asprey and, the, and, and co. On ball brigades, you can't get much better. And So it's obvious, we, we need some, some help down there for Jack. And the, and, the, and the young blokes in the forward line. So a tall target, as I said, whether it's a Lynch, or probably, probably we can't get her, or a McGovern or a Darling or someone like that. So or whether we put it, give the Lennons and the Eltons and Griffiths, hopefully Griffiths comes back and cements his spot in the, in the team. So there's a spot there for someone, so let's hopefully, hopefully they, they get, grab that chance. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Scott, for coming on to the show. We really appreciate it, and good luck with all the future endeavours. No worries. Cheers, mate. Thanks.